Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and this is your 20-ish minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss UFC 267 with the one, the only, the gambler. How you doing, gambler? Excited to be here. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a sneaky, sneaky card we have. Under the radar card. Right. I'm glad you're bringing that up off the top, too, because, you know, depending on where you are in the world, this is going to be free for you on ESPN Plus in some other places in the world, like where the gambler and I are. We're going to have to pay for it, which whatever. But we're glad to pay for it because it's actually a really good card. But Screw you, you know, Dana White. Being on... Oh, 100%. 100%. It, being on ESPN+, Plus, it's telling you what they think of the card, too. Oh, this is not going to sell, which you can almost guarantee means it's actually be very entertaining. Yeah, and I mean, this is one of those ones, too. You you haven't seen a lot of mainstream promos, you know, unless you're watching right. the, the, the weekend fight nights or, you know, like uh, reruns um, on, on Sportset. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, there's not a lot of mainstream advertisement. And typically... When that happens, you get some really, really exciting uh, and and uh, exhilarating finishes. Typically, oh, totally. when you see a lot of the mainstream advertising, a lot of the hype, those tend to underdeliver. So I'm looking for this card to over deliver. Hey, there we go. I, I think there's honest to God four very, very good fights, and then on top of that, two or three other really, really good fighters that are fighting in it. And if that's what you can expect out of a pay per view, that's pretty phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, they should really call this one, you know, UFC 267, the Dagestani card, because my goodness, between <laughs> the people from Dagestan or of Dagestani yeah. descent and people from Russia, I think there's only a handful of fights that don't have somebody from that region of the of the world. Yeah, well, guess where they're charging full pay-per-view? Eastern Europe. Because... Uh, <laughs> Because God knows they want to see their native uh, children fighting on this one, for sure. And yet, like, honestly, there's good fighters all over the place, and we'll try and mention them all over the place. But but honestly, Gambler, where are you going to start? Where's your going to be your first fight that you're going to be making a pick for? Well, I think we got to start with one of the most exciting fighters on the card, and that is none other than Kamzat or Hamzat oh. Chimaev versus yeah. Li Jing Liang. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. are probably saying, who are you talking about? So mm-hmm. uh, before we get to Hamzat, I've, I, you know, some interesting stats. I was shocked to learn that Jing Liang has been in the UFC since 2014. Wow. And, and when I, when no I, idea. yeah, no, couldn't tell you off the top no. of my head who he's faced and what those fights even looked at. But surprisingly, I mean, the guy has won six performances of the night. He's, you know, challenging the likes of Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone. Uh, I'd say his most impressive fight or or maybe his most uh, mainstream or noteworthy fight is a loss to Neil Magny uh, back in March of 2020. Other than that, I was scratching my head to recall some of his fights, especially because I have not heard or I'm not familiar with most of his opponents. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Jing Liang in the UFC 2014, six points of the night. Um, you know, fairly decent fighter. However, I yeah. like to refer to this fight as a laser uh, beam fight. And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got a guy in Hamzat, 9-0, and 
nine finishes. The guy's only gotten out of the first round three times in his career. He's an assassin. I honestly, I don't see this going any other way. Now, I will throw it to the people. Okay. Hamzat had a really bad bout of COVID in December of last year where where he actually briefly retired. Retired, yes. Retired, publicly retired. And, you know, he'd been in the hospital multiple times. Never thought he would recover. So there is that asterisk of, you know, is it is it the pre-COVID Hamzat? That's who I'm mm-hmm. expecting to fight. But that is, a you know, something for the people to be aware of. That being said, you're not going to get any value out of Hamzat Moneyline. It's like, I think, a minus right. 550, minus 600. Yep. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Looking at the, the record, I'm going to go basically sprinkle Hamzat round one. Uh, to finish in round one, finish in round two, and even round three, I think your round one, your round two, those are your your likely money makers. Round one's a plus one ninety five, round two is a plus four fifty, and if you're feeling really spurly, you could maybe throw you know, like a I guess a tenth of a unit or something really small on round yeah, three, yeah. plus nine hundred. But your round one Whoa. and your round two, those are your going to be your money makers here. So it's funny, you know, Chimev like. Yeah, well, not funny. I, I'm glad he's better, and I'm glad he's you know performing again and everything like that. But yeah, at the time he was one of Dana White's guys, like one of those guys that Dana White would like get to the end of a card, and it should may have, especially in the first couple fights or the first couple pay per views, would be like the ninth card, like the ninth fight on that card. But he'd be like, man, that guy's special. Then he gets COVID and he retires, and supposedly he's been talked out of it by athletic commissions from his country and so much so that now he's representing a different country coming going forward because of that sour relationship so with all that being said you're like oh boy that's really scary this guy is scary and if you don't know who this guy is you do know who this guy is he's way too tall and he's got a weird Amish beard you know who this guy is like you've seen this guy absolutely devastate people within 30 seconds he's incredibly good and I want him so badly to be coming back looking like the guy he did previously and you know I I I, I think you're absolutely correct doing the round one, two, and three. I think that's the best way about doing this because he was a destroyer of worlds when he looked good. And I want I want to believe that he's the same guy. I mean, the guy has a total of just under five minutes of fight time across his last three fights combined. Jesus and then before Christ. that, I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, he's, you know, round one, you know, prior to the UFC, Two minutes and 26 in round one, 35 seconds in round one, three minutes in yeah. round one, four minutes in round one. I mean, the guy is, like you said, he's a killer. He's an assassin. He goes in there. And honestly, few fighters in recent memory are able to finish fights as effectively as yeah. Chimaev. I mean, you know, you think of like peak Anderson Silva, but Anderson Silva would take his right. time, right? right. He, would, he would kind of feel you yep. out. He'd get to yep. learn your timing. He'd learn your rhythm. Mm-hmm. He'd kind of get to assess your style. Mm-hmm. And then he was more of like a surgeon. He would just kind of pick a shot and and, and make it count. Yeah. Chemayev is on you from the opening bell. And he just is yeah. in your face, heavy, heavy pressure. And I mean, you know, similar to Khabib. I mean, Khabib's a heavy pressure guy, but it's all grappling. Chemayev is just in your face, heavy strikes, big, big puncher, like a heavy puncher. And yeah. he just cuts through guys. So, you know, until well, it's so, it's so true. there's a data point to suggest otherwise, I'm going to ride that train into the sunset. I agree. Here, here's two stats that we'll move on to the next fight here. So in his three UFC wins, he fought twice at middleweight and once at Walter White, which is his natural weight class, by the way. He made his debut in 2020 at middleweight and then fought 10 days later at Walter White, which was 15 pounds lighter. Like, 
That's crazy, right? Here's the second one, which is even crazier. You know, how about this? In his first three fights, he has landed a combined 87 significant strikes. He absorbed just one while while securing three takedowns and getting two knockouts of submission. The, the, you want to talk about dominance. That is dominance all over. I hope we see that guy again because he could be a bright big future if he still wants to do this. But I agree with you. I think this, why would we believe any different right now, right? Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there yeah. with you. Okay. Well, I, I, and honestly, I gambler, I'm right there with you on that first bet. Okay, there we go. So why don't we get to the first, the three big fights uh, of the night here. We're going to go with Islam Mikheyev, uh versus Dan Hooker. You know, Dan Hooker. Uh, tough guy. And, you know, one of those guys you really want to root for. But, uh, but unfortunately, he's fighting a machine, and he's fighting the heir apparent of, of the Khabib uh, fortune here with Machev. Uh, Isla Machev right now is a minus 575, going against Dan Hooker at plus 390. Where are you going on this one, Gambler? Yeah, I mean, you said it best, right? Machev is referred to as the either the next Khabib or the mini Khabib or the Khabib understudy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's just a few notches below, you know, what, what Khabib offers in terms of a skill set, but the style is right. basically identical. I, I just yeah. have to say, you know, I, I really respect Dan Hooker as a fighter. I mean, the guy just seems like he's got a ton of heart and you really got to feel for him, right? I mean, he hasn't been able to go home <laughs> since his last fight because his country won't let him in, which is just insanity. And, you know, for him to take this on on a fairly short, you know, turnaround. I mean, the guy last fought Very short. September 25th. So we're basically just over a month out. And the fact that I think he's yep. been camping out in Vegas this entire time. So yes. all props to Dan Hooker. Uh, maybe one of the best nicknames in the sport, the Hangman. Yeah. Um, Hangman Hooker. Exactly. Oof. But that being said, right. I mean, it's really hard to deny, you know, the, I would say the ascent that McChave is on right now, right? I mean, the guy is mm-hmm. on an eight-fight tear. He's lost one fight in his entire career, uh, which came at the hands of Adriano Martins. And it's on, ironically, it's the way that most people would said that if we're Khabib were to lose, it would be that way. Flash KO early in the fight yep. gets caught with a looping yep. punch, and you know anybody can can get their lights turned off. So it's not really one you fault McChave for. Other than that, you know, just a really, really impressive, near flawless record. He's finishing guys by submission. He's ground and pounding guys into decisions. He's got a couple of KOs, TKOs on his record. You know, the guy is just ruthless. Heavy pressure from the opening bell. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who averages 3.31 takedowns. Oh, I know. Every every round. (laughs) And he's got yeah, a 65, insane, 65% insane numbers. takedown accuracy. I mean, the guy is really, if you, if you if you haven't gone and watched him fight, and if you're a Khabib fan, you, you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, this guy really emulates yeah. Khabib's style. So, well, it's, it, it's not only that they look alike too. Like it's a weird thing where they like, it's, it's, you can kind of blink and you go, wait, what's going on here? Like they fight alike and so much so that Dan Hooker is such an, uh, an upstep in competition purely because, and he was always going to be something like this where a guy was like, yeah, no, whatever. Like poor Dan Hooker's trying to get closer to Australia. So I think that's why he's taking the fight in Abu Dhabi, but is, is like, he like, it was always going to be something like this because McKayev could not find anyone to fight him moving up in competition because everyone's like, well, why would I, why would I give this guy my spot? Because nobody he's been such a world eater at this point. Nobody wants to fight him. And he, and he's got one of those no. styles where he just, he breaks your will and then he just keeps wearing and wearing on you. 
And I'm glad you brought that up because yes. that's really the only knock I have against McChayev, which is really his, his, his resume, right? He hasn't really mm-hmm. beat any, you know, upper echelon or elite guys, whereas Dan Hooker, right. I mean, he has fought the who's who even recently, right? I mean, yeah, he's coming off yes. a nice win yes. against uh, Nasrat Hakparast. But I mean, you know, you nice. got a brutal loss to Michael Chandler, heartbreaking loss. Before Awful. that, he had a, just a, a, a gut wrenching decision loss to Dustin Poirier. Before that, yep. he fought Paul Feller, Aya Quinta, James Vick, Edson Barbosa, Gilbert Burns, Jim Miller. I mean, Jesus, Jesus. Christ, this guy! Yeah, this yeah. guy has Holy. fought everybody in the division, and he's got wins over yeah. most of them. Obviously, the Chandler, Dustin Poirier. He's got, you know, and he's also got a bad KO. Uh, ironically, with a, one of the most just brutal body shots. If you haven't seen it, go check out that Ugh. fight against Barbosa. <laughs> just a dirty body shot. It's gross. But the guy's octagon IQ and experience is through the roof. Like I said, I, yeah. my heart goes out yeah. to Dan Hooker. I'm a Dan Hooker fan. You know, all the all the respect so in the world. But that, but I cannot, that must mean you're taking Dan Hooker, right? You'd think so. Yeah. No. I I. I, I <laughs> I'll say my heart's with Dan Hooker. My wallet yeah. is with McChayev. Ah, um, okay. You're not going to get any value out of the money line for McChayev. It's another minus five seventy-five. Um, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw two out for the people. I'm gonna throw out McChayev by decision, which I think is kind of the safe bet. You know, you're only going to get a plus one hundred. I think that's a very safe bet. There's a three round uh, fight, and then if you want, you know, and I'm gonna put this sprinkle out there. You can go Machev by submission at a plus two forty-five. Oh wow, plus two forty-five. Mm. Coming off I of like two that submission wins, get... two back-to-back submission yeah, well, wins. Exactly. So it's not like it's not an insane option at this point. It's not like you're going to be like he's never submitted anyone, but you know who knows. Uh, you know, also the fight will be on the ground. Dan Hooker's strength is striking. He can strike like the Dickens. He is going to be up there standing and swinging. And my belief will be that if Islam gets it out of the first round he is going to be swinging with him in the second round because he's going to take him down, punish him, soften him up, and go, nah, he's fine now. Let's punch. And I I agree with you. I also am going to be going via decision at plus 100 on top of just taking McKayev at minus 575, if that means anything, which it might be in a little bit. But I'm going to take the via decision at plus 100 for the sprinkle. But that's a mission. How can you fight that? Plus 245? You're going to get a plus 245 on a win for a fighter that is minus 575? That's great. That's that's just good odds. That's that's just pure value right there. That's that's just a value 100%. bet. 100%. Well, okay. There you go. And we're going to get into the two title fights now. Let's go with Peter Yan versus Corey Sandhagen. Yan right now is a minus 220 versus Sandhagen's plus 175. I know you, the gambler, are not a huge Yan fan. So how are you going to be picking this fight? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I've never been a huge fan of Yan's. I, I do think yeah. that was just a, a, just a boneheaded mistake on his part you know that being said i I hate to see fight ends fight fights end with like you know illegal shots and and you know you never want to shit on guys like sterling you know people say oh he's you know he's doesn't have any heart and you know you you take a knee to the face like that you don't know what the guy was going through but at the end of the day yeah i can't deny it leaves a just a bad taste in everybody's mouth Mm -hmm. You know, Sandhagen on his side, you know, he's coming off of two very interesting fights. You know, two fights ago, he's coming off of just one of the most spectacular knockouts of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's I think it's a, definitely a knockout of the year contender. The flying knee KO over Frankie Edgar. When have you ever God. seen Frankie Edgar just get laid out like that? I mean, that guy 
you know, is the king of getting flashed. Him and Eddie Alvarez of just getting knocked out and immediately jumping back up. So that was. Spe- I thought I thought he retired Edgar. Like I thought oh. it was like, oh god, he might kill him. Yeah. Oh god. It's it, and he was uh, Edgar was out for a while too. Like he was really out. Yes. Yes. Um, and yeah. then you know, most recently, a, a, a bit of a some people would say controversial. I disagree. I think T.J. Dillashaw did enough to win that fight, but never nevertheless, yeah. a bit of a controversial okay. and a very a razor thin yep. decision loss to right. uh, split decision loss to T.J. Dillashaw. What I like about this mm-hmm. fight is the storyline in the sense that both guys feel that they've been cheated, and both guys feel yeah. like they have something to prove. When you have a buildup like that it typically means this fight is going to deliver. Both guys are hungry. You know, people are calling this, you know, the, the whoever wins this fight is going to be the true champ uh, of the division. So, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, no one's giving Sterling his, uh, his, his props. No one. <laughs> no, no one cares, right? Just, yeah. you know, so. No one is, yeah. So I this know. is, you know, they're, they're saying this will be the, the unofficial champ at 135. Um, so. Yeah. You know, I, I just I think there's there, there's a lot of promise to this fight. I'm I'm honestly I'm mm-hmm. I'm maybe more excited for this fight than I am for the main event. And uh, me too. I honestly yeah. I just think this is going to be just a five round war. Uh, Sandhagen yeah. definitely the more um, explosive and unpredictable fighter. I mean, really unorthodox with the right. strikes. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Jan is basically just a boxing specialist and and a very mm-hmm. very capable boxing specialist. Um, oh yeah. Now I will say Jan is a very underrated wrestler. People forget in that Sterling mm. fight, Sterling attempted 17 takedowns and only landed one. And 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 Sterling is a Division One NCAA wrestling champion. Like he was an incredibly good wrestler. He was an elite wrestler. Or he is an elite wrestler. And and well, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure I was one of the people that said going to that fight that I gave the edge to Sterling because I thought he would just out wrestle Yon. And in fact, right, Yon's I guess counter wrestling or, or wrestling defense was the reason that right. you could make that Sterling honestly looked gassed after the first few rounds. He looked absolutely gassed. Right. And and Jan started to kind of impose as well. Jan also dropped Sterling on his head, so I, I think mm-hmm. you know the 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 technical boxing combined with I think the the underrated wrestling. I would not be surprised if if Jan throws in some grappling with Sanhagen just to mix it yeah. up. I think Sanhagen's weakness is probably his grappling. So right. I honestly I love the Jan money line minus two sixty five. It's not great. It's not terrible. I think just Jan is honestly just too durable for, for Sanhagen, more well-rounded. Yep. Uh, and I like the Jan by decision, plus 165, so sprinkle on that. Mm. And the one that's really, I think, going to just, you know, for me, I, I, I can't help myself with this one. Jan by submission, plus 2,000. Whoa. I just, okay. I have to throw that out there. Peter Jan, for Whoa. the record, has a submission win. Goes all the way back to May 30th, 2015, Guillotine Choke. So I'm just gonna, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're gonna, you know, put maybe like I guess a unit, maybe two units if if you're feeling yeah. good on the money yeah. line, and you're gonna do maybe like a half unit or a quarter unit on the decision, whatever your sprinkles tend to be, you know, throw right. like a throw like a tenth of a unit or whatever on the submission. I mean, you're talking about a plus two thousand, a five dollar bet will make you a hundred dollars. Yeah. Crazy. So 
That's I love that. And actually, to to help your point here too, we're now seeing numbers as low as minus two twenty for Peter Yawn, like as as from big books like Pinnacle too. So, uh, it's not it's it keeps getting juicier and juicier for a money line bet on top of it. No, I just I honestly I I think it'll be a really exciting fight, but I think stylistically, a guy like Peter Yawn is is not going to succumb. You know, you're not going to see a flying knee or spinning elbow or back fist layout yeah. a guy like Peter Yon. Peter Yon is a, is a boxing no. specialist. He's, he's durable as shit. And, and I just, I yeah. like the stylistic matchup against Sanhagen. No, I, I agree with you. You know, so I, I, to just piggyback on you, I'm right there with you. I'm taking Peter Yon minus 220 and I'm going to go with Via Naka at a plus 245. And the only reason I'm a huge Corey Sanhagen fan, I love Corey Sanhagen. And I was really disappointed by the decision last time, even though I could totally see the TJ Dillashaw win. I just thought, I don't know. It's, it's like the, the, my back gets up pretty high about like MMA and going like Sanhagen did enough to win. TJ Dillashaw did these like light tapping. It was closer to boxing decisions, which I totally respect, but it's a different sport, right? And so I, my problem is Corey Sanhagen is a great fighter, and now TJ Dillashaw, a very petite uh, fighter for that weight class, much like Peter Yan is, showed that you can make distance and make get it home with punching. And uh, that makes me go with Peter Yan at, at minus 220 because Peter Yan's uh, striking in that division is unparalleled. He is so accurate, and he's going to eat up the body of Corey Sanhagen. And if they ever get to the ground, which Peter Yan has shown that he can do, Corey Sanhagen will be a little loss compared to Peter Yan. So I'm going to go with the spiritual champion, Peter Yan at minus 220, and I'm going to go with Via Naka plus 245. I th- still think we could see something in a five-round fight like that. I, I love it. I, I agree with you. He's the unsung king of the division. And uh, yeah. I honestly, I think what it boils down to, I just, I think he's too durable and tough for Sanhagen. I, I think honestly, yeah. he'll be able to yeah. take whatever Sanhagen throws at him and he'll be able to march forward. And I don't know that Sanhagen can, can we, that we can say the same. I mean, he, you know, like you said, TJ T- yeah. T- T- Dillashaw at times lit him up, but with pillows. And, and Jan does not throw yes. pillows. I mean, yes. Jan has no power he is he is knocking guys down on the regular so i I think there's a huge difference between the two and it's so funny where that sterling fight where sterling clearly won the first round and like pretty dominantly the next two looked really rough because Jan was just eating them up every shot was making its way home until unfortunately that uh, legal knee which he deserved to absolutely lose for that's not what i'm trying to say but it's just more that like it was going the wrong way and I think Jan going into those second, third, fourth, fifth rounds, the championship rounds, can really get home with Corey Sanhagen, even with his huge frame for the division. Sanhagen's like 5'11". He's got 70-inch reach. It's huge. But it doesn't really matter when Sanhagen's constantly fighting off his back feet with counter-strikes. So I, I just, I think, I think Jan's striking is just unparalleled. So I, I that's where I'm going with the, uh, the knockout, plus 245. But we're on the same round. Um, but we're on the same uh, money line here with Jan minus 220. I love it. Well, there we go. So let's get to the main event. The one, the only, Jan Blachowicz versus Glover Teixeira. You know, I, I will say, you know, depending on how we're going to go here, it's a champion that I respect in Jan Blachowicz who doesn't get nearly enough respect versus Glover, Glover Teixeira, who I feel in a lot of ways kind of like uh, like Chucky Olives, like Charles Oliveira, in the way that, like, all they've done is exactly what you asked them to do. Keep going out, winning all the time, show up three, four, five times a year, win, and now they finally get to have a title shot. I'm really glad to see that. It's two 
Um, underrated fighters going to be in a main event. That's really awesome. Jan Blahovich right now is minus 300 versus Glover Teixeira's plus 235. Gambler, how do you see this fight going? Yeah, I mean, I think you set this up really well. I mean, it's it's the, if nothing else, this is just a, this fight is a great story. It's a great story for both yeah. guys, right? It, it make a great movie one day. I mean, you're talking about a guy in uh, Blahovich who between April of 15 and uh, April of 17 went one and four. Right. I mean, a guy that is yeah. that was lucky to keep his job um, <laughs> yeah, and, and to share didn't have as bad of a run. But I mean, you know, to share between April of 2014 and uh, July of 2018. So a four year period, uh, he went five and five. So five and five. Yeah. You know, I think it's a great story of just like you said, it shows that if you if you just keep your head down, you, you dig in, you bite down your mouth guard this sport yeah. it, it can be your worst enemy but it can also just you know take you to the highest of highs now for sure i, I gotta be honest you know I, I it's not that i don't like blahovich i i just i i, I truthfully I'm, I'm a bit surprised that he's the champ he's definitely earned it mm. but holy shit has this guy fucked me in betting my god <laughs> i went back he has fucked me at every turn, he fucked me against Izzy. Right. He fucked me against uh, yeah. Dominic Grace. He fucked me against Corey Anderson. He right. fucked me against Souza. He fucked me against Rockhold. At every single turn, <laughs> this guy has absolutely <laughs> fucked me. I can't. I don't know if I've lost <laughs> more money on another fighter, on a single other fighter than Blahovitz. So I just got to throw that out there that I'm a bit jaded. Now, so does does that mean you're smartening up, or what's going on? Well, I, I mean, it's it, this one. I just I had to take. The, the stats like my betting stats I should say out of it and and take my yeah. my jaded okay. outlook and I just had to look at the matchup and I just one of the things I can't get over is uh to share his age right I mean this is not this is as Dana mm-hmm. White and everyone says this yeah. is a young man's game right this is a young man's sport to share is 41 okay let's we just yeah. gotta call a spade a spade the guy's 41 it's a, it's amazing that he's peaking you know this is now his his second title run and and has probably been more impressive uh, this time around than his first one. Right. But he's 41. The other thing that scares me about Tashira is that he has had his lights shut off in some of the most brutal fashions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I encourage people, if you haven't seen it, go look at his, go watch his fight against Anthony Johnson. You know, the eater of souls, as I call him. The, <laughs> Jesus, the, the, yeah. <laughs> The, the, the just the, the the nightmare in all of our dreams go look at that fight from future super heavyweight yeah absolutely um <laughs> yeah, yeah his loss to alexander gustafson i mean those yeah. are yeah. like you know vanderlei silva type career ending chaos like you, you know you yes. talk about a guy like vanderlei yes. who had his lights turned off one too many times so you know mm-hmm. those stand out to me because he is facing one of the heaviest punchers First of all, easily at light heavyweight, but maybe in the UFC right now. I mean, Blahovich truly has dynamite, and and that Polish power is legitimate. I mean, Oof, this guy when real. he hits yeah. you, he hits you hard. So I just look at that and I feel it's a really bad matchup stylistically for Teixeira. Right. I I I think both guys very underrated grapplers. I mean, you know, Blahovich certainly showed albeit against an undersized Israel Adesanya. He kind of muscled yep. them around. And to share yep. lately, you know, you got to give him credit. This guy goes in, gets rocked early in almost all of his fights. 
I guess, yes. wakes up and realizes that he's in a fight, turns into a grappler all of a sudden, and, and yeah. just almost has his way in like the later rounds. So kudos to him. Ground a pound. But I don't yep. think Blahovich is the guy where you can afford to get rocked early because you're not getting rocked. You're going to get knocked out. And so yeah. despite the fact that, again, they're both underrated grapplers, I cannot get over the power and the striking of Blahovich. I just think, I think I'm, I honestly, I believe it's going to be a short night for Teixeira. Yeah. So for that reason, I'm taking the Blahovich money line at minus 280. I'm taking the Blahovich KOTKO at plus 115. I'm taking the yeah, Blahovich yeah, yeah, round yeah. one finish at 400. A sprinkle. Oh. I'm sprinkling round two at plus 600. And just for shits, I'm sprinkling round three at 1100. I will not allow Blahovich to fuck me over one more time. <laughs> Give me this motherfucker from Poland. I can't even remember what yeah. his nickname is of anything, but I'm going like not yeah. even two. I'm going five feet in on Blahovich. Well, there you go. I Okay, I, I am right there with you, and for so many reasons, I am right there with you in Jan Blahovich, minus 280, via knockout, a plus 115. I, I I think what the most impressive thing about Jan Blahovich is, is yes, he knocks people out, and that's really awesome. And he showed that he was a smart fighter against Izzy in the way that he's like, why would I strike with this guy? This makes no sense at all. I'm going to use my weight against him. But that actually, like, awoken something inside of me where I go back and watch his fights. He is so smart to not take too much damage. He's really good defensively. And I think against someone like Glover Teixeira, who who in this first round kind of sleeps walk through these things, I think he's just going to put the pound to him. And I, I really do love this first round bet a lot. I love the KO, plus 115. I love Jan in this fight. I think this is a setup to a bigger fight in general. And I, I'm right there with you. I think Jan Blahovic is going to win this, and I don't think it's going to be looking that tough. I love the odds on this one, so much so that I'm going to take a parlay of Mikheyev and Blahovic minus 175 together, and I'm going to be betting like two units on that one. I love this one. I, I love that bet. I love the parlay. I, I th- honestly, I think yeah. if there's a if there's a fight on this card that should be a money line parlay with just any other bets for the weekend, it is Mikheyev. I mean, yes. I think that is probably of all the fights the, the safest one to just take Mikheyev money line. And uh, yeah, I, I think you said it best, right? It's it's this is not one where where Teixeira can sleepwalk his way, in, you know, through the first round because right. he's going to wake up in the back with a doctor looking into his face. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's no like, oh god, I should start fighting now. Yamlovich is like no joke with his power. Like he will knock you out, and you're not going to wake up till tomorrow. I I really do think that this is one of those railroading fights and I'm surprised the odds are as low as they are I know it's a main event so they're not going to like ever place it in an unplaceable play in the way that like they're going to put it at 380 and no one's going to touch it well that's not the point of betting the point of betting is to get equal money on both sides so I I get that part of it but I think there's an advantage for someone that likes Jan Blahovich that thinks the favorite's going to win and is scared off by that you know high juice on it I think people should be taking this one left and right and putting it in your favorite parlay you know if you heard the gambler and I yesterday on, on our NFL show, find your favorite NFL ones. Find, you know, uh, I can't remember now. Who's who's playing like the Texans? It's like the Rams, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Rams are playing Texans. Yeah. yeah. Take your favorite one from yesterday. Take the Rams and parlay it with Jan Blahovich. Like, I, I think these are the kind of things we're talking about here to try and make money on this one. I, I am I am all there and twice on Sunday for this one. So so there you go. We are, we are in line, which should scare the hell out of both of us, for a lot of these fights. But... If you want to get a recap over it, please go to at Losing Money WIB on Twitter, on Instagram to get a recap of both the Gambler and I's picks. But more than anything, Gambler, UFC 267. 
I hope you have fun losing money on the event because that's how we're going to have fun doing it. I'm, I'm very excited. Like I said, I think it's a low profile, very high upside card. I, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, you're the best gambler. We can't wait to talk to you next week for your tease of the week. But thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you enjoy podcasts at Losing Money WIB, Twitter, Instagram, free daily picks. Free daily picks. That What more do you want from me? The shirt off my back? Honestly, that might come Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. Have fun losing money. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!